All right. Uh, before we get into this week's episode, we do have a triggers because uh, Julie and I are extremely triggered right now. Um, so we thought we would talk about it while we we're still allowed to. Um, so our governing like nursing body that we are licensed through is releasing a new social media kind of internet policy that they are just they've just drafted it all up. And I just discovered it this morning and we're pretty freaking pissed. So we wanted to talk about it. (laughs) So the line of the new standard that really annoys us is there's a couple of things in it. Actually, the whole thing's BS, but these are the couple of things that really piss me off. Um, So I'm going to just read them so that you guys have some context into what uh, what we're dealing with here. So it says, when participating in online conduct or social media use, the regulated member must not post opinions, comments, or information which could be harmful to a client, person, employer, uh, another health professional, colleague, or organization. The regulated member must review any past online presence and remove any posts that could be considered unprofessional, controversial, or problematic. Yeah, so it's basically saying you can't post anything that's even potentially negative. Yeah, it's just... Even if it's just your own opinion. On, yeah, any kind of internet usage whatsoever. Yeah, on any social media platform. So, I just, I, like, I'm so upset about this. Yeah. Yeah, first and foremost, it, you know, is sort of a gag order. Like, if anybody knows that you are a nurse, they can report you to your governing body, even if you don't have it listed as your employee, or if you, if you're, if you don't even have, like, where you're working on your social media at all, they can still come after you for anything you say, whether it's, like, a Black Lives Matter thing, if it's about, you know, LGBTQ community, if they deem it as something negative towards anyone yeah being and and controversial opinions are deemed as negative to certain people depending on what side you kind of fit on so it really just means that we can't display our opinions in any ways in any way yeah you can't put your opinion online at all yeah yeah so we don't know what this means for the podcast because what people seem to like is our kind of stories, which when we tell our stories, as we've said, we make them very vague. They're generally not about a specific person, but usually about an overall experience with many patients that we've had. So it's not like we're talking about anyone specific at all. So privacy is important, and we like have acknowledged that, and we know very well that we never want to have any identifiers with patients or colleagues that are not consenting to us talking about them. It's very frustrating because I think there is a line that where we can talk about our lives outside of work and what we do in our personal lives is none of their business. Exactly. And our personal opinions are none of their business. Yeah. Yeah. Opinions are just that. They don't reflect a company. They're an opinion. Yes, exactly. So exactly. unless it's someone that's from the governing body making bad or making like, like what I mean is working for the governing body, 
making a negative opinions or slandering the company. I can see why that would be an issue. But they work for us. We pay them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I just, yeah. And we take a lot of, like, we stress a lot throughout the week about making sure that, like, we've altered our stories, that, like, anything that we're saying is, like, a combination of many patients or was a historical kind of thing that we see across the board with a number of patients. Like, we have a lot of anxiety around making sure that our podcast is confidential. And I think that that is our only professional responsibility, is to make sure that it is confidential. Otherwise... It's we should be able to have our own opinions. We should be able yes. to speak truth to power, to say that we don't like the way that our government is managing our healthcare system or just saying our own opinions about things and how the world is these days and like what we're facing as healthcare professionals, which I think is yeah. super important in general because that's why the public ch- trusts nurses, right? Is that we speak up when something is going wrong, whether that's in a code with a physician or with a family member or whatever. We speak yeah. our minds, we tell the truth, and we're not yes. afraid to do so because we're protecting a very sacred thing, which translates into the real world as well, that we should be autonomous in being able to speak our own opinions. So it's pretty disgusting that our governing body is who is supposed to be on our side and protecting us is now against us and trying to put a gag odor on us. It's disgusting. Yes. Wow. And we are we are suspecting that this is in response to a case where a nurse whose dad was in hospital expressed her dissatisfaction with the care that her dad received in hospital and it ended up going to court because they felt like it was slandering uh the healthcare system i suppose she won the case so the nurse won because she should be able to express her dissatisfaction she wasn't talking about her own experience as a nurse she was talking about her experience as a family member of a patient which she yeah. is which she is totally within her rights to do and the fact that now they've come out with this, I'm just like, oh, yeah, so they're now, they're now, put, like, saying to us, you can't have any opinions about anything or any company or organization at all. Right. And express them and, in any kind of public way. And express them in any public way. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's, is just. Like, literally, you're going to have to shut down all social media like there's just no way that you're going to be able to work within this standard and have a social media account of any kind because yeah like of course negative things are going to come out on your social media like uh, you should be outraged by black lives matter you should be outraged by you know like women's rights like being taken away like these are things that should be you should be angry about and yeah. you should be able to Kate. express that. So I don't know. It's just... And it makes it criticism makes us better. Like mm-hmm. the fact that this woman put this on social media was a good thing because it addressed an issue in that instant or whatever her dad was so that they can be better so that they can improve. 
Those nurses right. or the treatment that that man received, obviously, unless it was completely negligent and something terrible happened to him because of his treatment, nothing should happen to those nurses, but they should know this is substandard care and you should be better. The governing body should take that as feedback and say, thank you for posting that. We're going to go and try and fix this problem. Totally. Not go after her for it. Like, no. Yeah. This is... I just, I can't believe that they are doing this. And in such a shady manner. Because, like, I can guarantee you that the majority of the nurses we work with have zero idea that this is happening. Well, am I allowed to post that on Facebook? That link? I mean, yeah. I can't see why not. The reason I I found out about it was because somebody else posted it. Another nurse that I uh, went to school with posted it. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so this that's, is a, our yeah. that's our trigger. That's our trigger. So we'll keep you updated yeah. on what this means for the podcast because we do share. I mean, I don't think we share extremely negative opinions. I feel if anything, we share positive opinions about our workplace. Um, right. But this might mean that we have to delete everything. So we will yeah. uh, let you guys know what's going to happen. Because we might not be able to continue doing this. Yeah. Which is we'll very see. sad. If, this, if it's enacted in this language, then we're likely going to have to stop. Because it's just too much to try to balance. And there's too much room for interpretation in the language that um, this like new policy has put out. It, like I think mm-hmm. that they've intentionally made it like a little bit on the vague side or just really general. Like to to encompass yeah. everything so that if they wanted to take one thing and go after you for it, they could. So that's yeah. what worries me the most is that even though I can interpret it like we're fairly positive, which I think we are, yeah. I can see other people just taking one thing that we say or whatever and being like, this is the reason I'm going to go after you guys. And, and then yeah. it's done. Right. And like, I need to keep working. <laughs> like, as yeah. much fun as this podcast is, it, my job is a little bit more important. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's too bad. But we'll see how this goes. And we'll keep you guys posted, like Julie said. So. Yes. Anyway, now yes, I we'll guess on posted. to the episode. On to the episode. <laughs> Please pause for an important directive from Dr. Morgenstern, Chief of Surgery at County General Hospital. This episode contains heavy themes and serious content. Listener discretion is advised. All stories shared in this podcast have been altered to protect the identity of our patients and colleagues. Any perceived medical advice from the show should not be used for real-life medical concerns. Always consult your personal physician before proceeding with any new practice or treatment. This podcast will include spoilers for the episodes we are discussing, but there will not be any future episode spoilers. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to ER Debrief Podcast, a recap podcast where two emergency nurses discuss the hit 90s TV show ER. We are your hosts, Melissa and Julie, and this week we will be discussing episode 23 from season one. Hey, Julie, how's it going? Hi, Melissa. How are you? I am good. 
<laughs> so we were discussing a little bit before we started recording that there's not a lot on the Twitterverse this week that we really mm. were interested in. So yeah. we don't really have a question. No, but I can give you a little update on what's happening. We should also talk about what was just happening. Oh, that's a good idea. Twitter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we currently have 105 followers. Woohoo! I mean, that's a I mean, you know what? It's growing. It's, it's growing. growing. Every week is a higher number. That's always good. To, to Melissa and I, it's a big deal. We started from ground zero. Totally. And totally. you know what? Maybe it's not a lot to many people, but it is to us. Okay? Yes. We are excited yeah. about it. And we're following 305 people. Okay. So something that Melissa and I have talked about in the past is our love for the ba- Our love-hate relationship with The Bachelor <laughs> and The Bachelorette pop- like show. Yeah. So we love watching it. We love dunking on it. And we listen to this podcast that's a little bit controversial. It's called Another Bachelor Podcast. And they are hilarious. And they just hit it on the nose every time with their critique. They just basically say what everybody's thinking right? in a much more funny and incredibly dry way. Yes. They're not PC friendly, they are as not. you maybe would say. But yeah, they you... do dunk on everyone equally. Oh, yeah. Right? Totally. So, like, they totally. hate everyone yeah. <laughs> so it's and I mean like there are times where one host in particular can be incredibly sexist but I also uh and maybe this is a bit of a leap because I don't actually know this person um but I don't feel like he actually is a sexist person I don't think he actually believes those things about women but right. it's funny when he says it yes it's so funny yes and Hilarious. they're not always super negative either sometimes no. they're like like yeah. with this last episode yeah, with yeah. Claire, they were like, the, one of them was like, I am digging Claire. Like, yeah. was on Claire's side. And so, yeah, so I think they're just like equal opportunist um, yeah. haters. Yeah, yeah, they just hate on everybody. Yeah. And their uh, sense of humor. It's a, and it, I mean, listen, there's lots of people that don't like it and that it's too much for, but that's because they're weak. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think no, just kidding. I, yeah, it's just an acquired sense of humor. It does also surprise me sometimes that I enjoy it, but I do Same. enjoy it. It's yeah, quite because good. I'm pretty uh, PC. Like I, I don't know if I can say that about myself. Yeah, I'm like I can I'm, see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fairly liberal. You're fairly like, you're liberal. Probably the most liberal person that I know. Oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, yeah. So much. They're hilarious. They're they, so funny. they are very funny guys and they make a great podcast. They do. So, so yeah. anyways, and there's another, there's this comedian out of New York City. His name is Jared Freed. And he does something similar, but he like live records himself on Instagram um, making comments about the show as it goes. And it is also just like, I can't get enough of it. It's so hilarious yeah you just showed that to me tonight and I was like pissing myself laughing at this short clip that you showed me so I'm so so interested to watch this so funny but so I tweeted them because I basically because I don't know there for for a little bit there I almost stopped watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette because it just annoyed me and I thought it was stupid and redundant yeah it's it's a stupid show it is it's it's bad tv 
Yeah. It's, it's smut reality TV. And right. like, which is fine. And I thoroughly adore that kind of television. Right. But it can get grating sometimes. You're just like, ugh, why am I watching this? Yeah. And I think it was probably after Peter's season that I was like, Oh, I hate this show Peter. so much because Peter is the worst. He was the worst. <laughs> in a big way. Yeah. In a big way. But so anyways, this podcast, another Bachelor podcast, and watching Jared and listening to him recap each episode as it's going has renewed my pleasure in watching the show because they yeah. just dunk on everyone and it's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's fun like, to watch the show just so that you have you know what to, um, what happened to listen to these podcasts or these these people. Yes. Yeah. So I tweeted them to say that like you know, thanks for all that you do, yeah. in your entertainment businesses, <laughs> and they both liked it. And then another bachelor net or another bachelor podcast, and they're under another podcast network said that they were honored to be named with the king, who is Jared, and they said, Jared, are you down to zoom into one of our show episodes? One of their episodes. Yes. What? <laughs> so exciting. This would be the best collab ever. That you created. What? And I might have been partially responsible for it. Uh, yeah, a pretty little bit. responsible. I'm going to take credit. Brought them together. I'm taking full credit for this but then, collab. If it happens, I will literally shit myself. Because <laughs> yes. not only was I partially responsible for this, but I also will get to listen to it. Yes, it's going to be great content. Yeah. Um, okay, so but not only did they reply, ask, like reply to our tweet asking yeah. Jared to be a part of their podcast. Yeah. But then... Jared liked that post that they yeah. posted. So but he also liked mine. And liked yours, yeah. So he's read that too, so it's not like it's just going on deaf ears. So this is what's great about Twitter. This is what's great about Twitter. Twitter. It gets so exciting because yeah. you actually get to interact with people that like you listen to on podcasts and yes. um and then maybe bringing some people together and then feeling like you have some responsibility in that. Oh, it's so cool. That's so, so cool. cool. Anyways, yeah. If y'all are listening to this episode, which they're totally not. We love you. <laughs> yeah. We love you so much. Yeah, there's zero chance that either of those, those yeah, people like, are watching uh, listening. <laughs> like, how much do you want to bet that they do the episode, but they don't even... They're like, yeah, it was some some tw- follower on Twitter. Yeah. They, yeah Name exactly. us! Exactly. Name yeah. us! Some followers. Some one weird of the, fan. What do they call their followers? Groupies. Oh, oh what do they call them? Do they, they have names? What? Birdies, little birdies. Birdies. Yeah, that's is that what, what they call us. That's what they call us. Yeah. Oh. The listeners. Yeah, they're like I the little birdies. Have you never heard that? No. Oh. I'm obviously not paying attention enough. But. I'm pretty sure they call them birdies. Um, uh. They do have a term that they call their followers, but, oh, but yeah. Okay. So that's, that's it for Twitterverse. It was kind of like a fangirl moment because. Well, it was cool because we were they're... sitting here like eating dinner. And this was happening. Like, yeah. we were together and it was happening. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. So. And we uh, we have a few things that happen when we're sitting here at this table together. Yes. That happen that we get really excited about. And usually it's on Twitter. Usually it's on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. That we Sometimes somebody. Instagram. Like, when Connie started following us, I think we were oh, together. Oh, yeah, that's she, right. Maybe we weren't together when she started following us. But she... But she uh, said something... Well, we weren't together, but she... Connie said that she wanted to share something. 
So we need to have her on the podcast. Oh, she wanted to share something with us? Yeah. Ooh. It was about Trump. It was when I posted, when we posted that episode uh, and the picture was us with our faces looking oh, yeah. deadpan and I said something about the faces that we made when we found out Trump got the Rona mm. and she was like, I have something to share. So oh. she, wants to, she wants to say something. Oh, excellent. We will have to have so, her on because yeah. that would be really cool. I would be so nervous yeah. to have her on. Me too. I wouldn't. I would and be what so is nervous. her real name? It's Connie. Oh, it's Connie. Yeah. It actually is Connie. It is oh, Connie. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, her character is okay. the same. Name. So we're talking about Connie, the person, but also Connie, the nurse on this yes. show. Yes. Yes. Um, Connie, yeah. her, the actress's name, and then also Connie, the character in the show, mm-hmm. one of the nurses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So yeah. maybe in season two, we should get her on. We should try to get her on. Yeah. I think that'd be really I fun. I would love to. Like, oh my God. I'd be so excited. Yeah. yeah. It'd be, be so, so cool. great. So great. All right. Let's get into this. Um, we haven't done a fun fact in a little while, but do you have any for us this week? Um, I'm I... asking because I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you wouldn't put me on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I do. I don't have anything like really great. We just kind of cobbled this together right now. Yeah. But it is kind of an interesting thing to note, I guess. So for this episode, um, we discover that Dr. Carter is uh, comes from wealth, like kind of officially we've been told this now. Um, and Malik finds a Chicago magazine like that features the 50 richest, richest people in Chicago and identifies like carter's dad on that list and they say that his name is roland carter and and then in subsequent episodes and basically the rest of the series whenever his dad is mentioned his dad's name is john carter or he's his nickname is jack carter Mm. so not roland (laughs) so so yeah so i don't know how that got missed or just forgotten Apparently, there are a few inconsistencies that I've read about um, from season one into the rest of the series. So uh, for whatever reason, a lot of the details that happened in the first season don't end up um, continuing on in future seasons. So this Hmm. is one of them that John's dad's name is incorrect. I don't know if it's incorrect now or if it's incorrect later, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, whoever was keeping the book on all of the little details definitely failed after season one. Yeah, um, and then there is also a little bit more of an inconsistency. They basically indicate that Dr. Carter's dad is the one with all the money in this episode when in fact later we find out that it's actually Dr. Carter's grandparents are the wealthy ones and the rest of the family is kind of living off of their wealth. So... But hmm. yeah, I thought that'd be okay to share. I don't think that's a huge spoiler alert yeah. um, situation, but if that spoiled something for you, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? It was his grandparents? <laughs> <laughs> Canceled. <Yeah>. Canceled. <laughs> Never listening to this podcast again. <laughs> anyway. Cool. All right. This episode is titled Love Among the Ruins. It was written by Paul Manning and directed by Fred Gerber. It aired on May 4th, 1995. May the 4th be with you. Yes, we're that dorky. (laughs) (laughs) 
A brief synopsis of the episode. As their wedding day rapidly approaches, Carol and Taglieri argue over the details, and Carol puts off writing her vows. Dr. Green moves to Milwaukee in in an attempt to save his marriage. Dr. Benton agrees to recommend Carter for a surgical sub-internship, although he and other ER co-workers are surprised to learn of Carter's wealthy background. Dr. Benton is also surprised by his growing attraction to Jeannie Boulay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. um, okay, what were your duels? Um, Give us those for duels. this episode. <laughs> the duels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of an average episode for me. I wasn't like overwhelmed with excitement, and I also okay. wasn't disappointed. So okay. I don't know. I'm gonna go like. 220. Okay, I really liked this episode. Oh, did you? I okay. did. I okay. did like it. I like it. Um, I felt like there was a lot of things that I could make fun of, which was fun. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So I feel like I'm going to give it like 250. I would go full. Okay. I would go full defibrillation. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it was it. good. All right. Sounds good. So we start off the episode with Jen sleeping and Mark watching her sleep. Creepy. So creepy. creepy. But also, everybody has to take a shot because we have started They're another sleeping. episode with them sleeping. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> cheers. Mmm. <laughs> I like it. Hope everyone else is taking a drink. <laughs> take a shot wherever you are. <laughs> I like this new drinking game. <laughs> yeah, me too. Mark <laughs> tries to get cozy with her and gets rejected. And... Not not great. Probably didn't feel very good. And also, Mark, maybe you should have thought of this several years ago when Jen was sacrificing everything for your career. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that would have helped and you wouldn't be rejected. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Still sad. Yeah. Still sad. I mean, he does say in this exchange that he's been sleeping there all week. In the house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I think, did they say in the same bed or? Oh, Hold on. Jen, we've been sharing the same bed for a week. Not yet, Mark. Yeah, we've been oh. sharing the same bed for a week. So maybe they haven't been hooking up then, and he's trying to instigate it. Yeah, again. Yeah. And she's maybe, like, rethinking the situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so they're not doing too badly right now. He's been sleeping in her bed for the last week. Yeah, they must be very... Yeah, I mean, it's a hard time. Like, we and you're going through a divorce. Right. Very confusing. You don't want to be apart, but also maybe there's too much damage at this point. Totally, totally. Yeah, it was very sad. Yeah, absolutely. Then we head over to County General, and Jerry is singing some very nice tunes, and... (laughs) Wild Willie enters the scene, <laughs> fulfilling his name of being wild because he, like, travels and put a mask on and brought it to work to talk about how he got it in New Guinea. Like, okay, yes, we get it, Willie. You're super wild and cultured. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> yeah, that was very odd. I know. I was like, is this like, are they trying to tell us why he has his name Wild Willie? Because he does things like this? Yeah. That are super weird? Like, just a really odd dude? Could you like... imagine, like, our chief of Emerge bringing <laughs> <No>. a mask? <laughs> And just went like, like 
yeah, and brought in this mask. He's like, yeah, I got a new New Guinea, and then just puts it away. Yeah, no. Goes no. to a trauma. Like, I cannot. Come on. I cannot. Yeah, I, it's super weird. And I mean, then he, like, I don't know if you're going to discuss this, but he asks Jerry to go help him chew the drunks out. Yeah. And then Jerry's like, ah, no, I don't want to go help you, like, no, thanks. scare the drunk people out of the department. Hard pass. And he's like, okay, I'll go do it by myself. And so he takes his mask. Yeah. And, and then, then goes... he goes and scares the drunk people out <laughs> with his mask. one way to discharge yeah. a group of people like, yeah oh it was so weird so i think we get the point that dr swift is unorthodox yes i think that's what they're so. trying to convey to us i think i think you're right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, he travels a lot he brings a mask to work and he shoots off a bunch of drugs <laughs> cool. so weird yeah it's very weird um so then there's this okay susan is suturing this guy's face and he talks about what he's doing, and then he talks about how he has this dating service. He opens this book, and he's like, yeah, this guy's a doctor, and I matched him with this lady. And it's Dr. Svetic! <laughs> and, like, obviously Susan is visibly uncomfortable and, like, upset about this. And it was just like, girl, you deserve so much better than this D-bag. Like, why are you even focusing I mean, I get it. It must be alarming. He disappeared and, like, left without a trace. And then she sees right. him in this dating book that he's, like, matched. Like, he's hooked that up with this. he's married, I he's think. Married. He was, like, identified as one of the people that this cab driver had married. So then, I like, does this mean that he was married while they were dating or that he got married after? Because I, I feel like know. he's been gone for a while. Yeah. He's been gone for a long time. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, maybe after. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was really cool, this, like... Um, 90s version of Twitter. It's yeah. like, or Twitter. Um, Bumble and Tinder. Tinder. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's like. Here's my dating book. This cab driver is like, for 10 bucks, I take your picture and I'll write you in my book and then try to hook you up with somebody oh else. My it's God. so funny. It is so funny. I wonder what the success rate is of that. I know. It's a great I'd little like to thread know. through the episode, too. I love it. A yeah, lot. yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, so then Carter is confronted by Willie and asked if he wants to do surgery or if he's interested in a merge. And Benton is standing right next to him. And obviously, like, Benton is Carter's superior and he's, like, following him during this rotation. And Benton is supposed to give him this evaluation on his performance and he doesn't want to give it. And we don't know why, but we kind of learn a little bit more later um, and I don't don't really understand why he cares if Carter does emerge surgery. I'm not really understanding why he gives a shit about that. Yeah, like, like I think that this is the first time we're seeing that Dr. Benton really likes Carter. Yeah. Like that this is his way of showing his love. Like that he wants that he wants him on his service. Yeah. yeah. That he's kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, how dare you choose another or try to get into another sub eye yeah like you should be wanting just surgery i think that's his like subtle way of being like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. really like you and you're my choice for this internship yeah um but that's without good saying it in a nice way <laughs> i didn't actually think of that i kind of just thought that like benton was being a hard ass like he normally is and so right. i was kind of like oh why is he being such a dick that's fair. but i didn't realize you're right it's probably him showing his approval and 
affection for yeah i mean it's not a great way to do it but uh... it's very toxic yeah (laughs) Yeah. dude needs therapy exactly in a and i mean that in a positive way he definitely needs to go to therapy yes he needs to work on this (laughs) right right yeah mark and doug have this drive-by calm uh conversation about how milwaukee is going and like mark is kind of like not going well and like it seems like Mark isn't holding out for that attending position anymore. And I hope that, I just hope that Dr. Swift honors that he was going to get the position. But I guess as the, as this like episode goes on, we, so there's like this confrontation kind of, and we'll get into it more, but there's, conf, there's this confrontation between Dr. Swift and Mark and Dr. Swift is kind of like, you have a really bad attitude and you show up late. And I don't think that that's a good indication that you're writing to, ready to be an attending here. And Mark is kind of like, yeah, you're right, actually. You're right. That is, I am like, I'm not, I'm kind of slacking off. Right. Um, but also doesn't tell him that he's going through a divorce, which is probably also a huge reason why he's having a poor attitude because he's very distracted. Right. But... I, um, yeah, by the end of the episode, I think that Mark still has a chance for the position. I agree. I agree. I Mm -hmm. do think that they kind of have a full circle kind of moment Mm -hmm. uh, towards the end. And yeah, like I think he is still in the running. Mark is not helping his situation here though. No. Like he's never really had a good conversation with Wild Willie. I don't know. He hasn't really made an effort to have a good relationship with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it might have just been timing-wise, like, when he came in. But, like, now he could be like, hey, you know what? When you came here, I was I just had had the worst shift of my life, mm-hmm. right? I had lost this patient, and I wasn't doing very well. And mm-hmm. um, I took things that you said negatively or whatever. And yeah. I'm also going through a divorce. So, like, things aren't great at my home in my home life. Yeah. And I really apologize for that, and I'm going to step up more or whatever. You yeah. know, like, yeah, he's yeah. never tried to have a good conversation with him. So then it's just fostered this, like, negative. Yeah. I also think part of it is that Dr. Swift just, like, inserts himself into situations. That's Morgan true. Stern never did that. Right. He just let people have their independence. And, but Swift just, like, comes in and takes over things. Or, like, yeah. you know, the fact that he called them all to the hospital at yes. 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning and, like, wanted to do grand rounds. I just feel like he oversteps his role. I agree. I totally agree. I, I think definitely it's both of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neither of them are making a great effort. Totally. <laughs> towards a good relationship. Totally. Um, so then we go back to Dr. Benton and Carter and, um, Dr. Carter's like, why won't you, like, can you write me a recommendation? And Benton is like, no, write it yourself and I'll sign it because like, I don't have the time to write it. And we also find out that Benton has, um, he has a lot of student loans as most doctors do. So Chloe continues to be super annoying. She's not making it to her appointments. (laughs) She's asking Susan for money. She doesn't like... She's at work and she wants money for lunch and Susan's like, you have a sandwich already. I'm not giving you money. And she's like, I don't want egg salad. So she gives her money anyways and she promises that she'll make dinner tonight. Like as if Chloe is going to be making dinner. Come on. We all know that's not going to happen. Right. She's such a typical younger sibling, which I can say because I am one. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. We all have spoiled tendencies. But it's just like... 
I just would be just... done with this oh, girl. I'm yeah, and so she's done. complaining about everything that Susan is setting up for her as far as, like, caring for this baby and yeah. like, going to her appointments and stuff. And she's like, oh, I don't want to go in and I don't want to do this and I forgot your egg salad sandwich that you made me. And, like, mm. she's so whiny and I just am like, yeah. Susan is fully supporting you. Yeah. You are not working. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you get to live in her place. Like, the least you can do is, like, the bare minimum and not yeah. complain. Exactly. You know? Like, I don't know. And I, from last oh. episode, she spent, what, 300 bucks on baby clothing right? that she didn't need? Yeah. Like, she I just, just has no boundaries. None at all. Yeah. That's bad. So... I don't know. She drove me crazy. Yeah, me too. I was just like, you know what? This girl needs to go. Yeah. So Tag and Carol talk about their vows. And Carol, listen, lots of brides are anxious during this time and feel overwhelmed. They can't sleep. It's a very stressful time. I feel as if Carol is hesitant about this for a different reason, and that's because she doesn't want to marry Tag. Agreed. And so she seems anxious about the whole thing. She hasn't written her vows yet. There's a super awkward moment where they run into Diane Leeds in the elevator and Tag greets her with a kiss on the cheek. And it becomes very awkward because Diane and Tag are friends and Carol didn't know that they are friends. And they're quite close because um, they have this awkward encounter when Diane says, I've heard a lot about you. And Carol was like, did you hear from Doug? Because she knows that they're dating. And she goes, oh no, like I heard from John. So obviously... John, like Tag and Diane, talk, talk a lot. And yeah. they talk about Carol. Yeah. So it's just sort of, I don't know. I thought it was very weird. Yeah. And, and like, he seemed awkward. And, and then, don't you think it's also weird that he didn't know that Diane was dating Doug? Yeah. Also very weird. Like, I was like, if you guys are talking enough that you're talking about Carol with yeah. her. Yeah. Yes. Then, like, I I don't know. The whole thing was so weird. Yeah. And then I also thought it was interesting. So, like, the this elevator ride is super awkward and weird. And they're just standing there silent after this very strange interaction. Right. And then they, uh, Diane is like, oh, where are you guys getting married? And Carol says that they're getting married at St. Luke's. And we know that Carol hates this church. She doesn't want to get married there. But she's getting married there because Tag's family all has been married at this church. Right. And then Diane's like, oh, I love that church. Like, I love that place. And it's like, oh, do you? Do you, though? And Carol, I think you should swap relationships. Yeah, I think exactly. <laughs> exactly. And Carol invites her to the wedding. Yeah. And then Tag is like, what did you do that? Like, now Doug's going to come, right. too. Right. I feel like Diane and Doug are not going to go to the wedding, if there is one, because we know that there's not going to be a wedding, because they're not going to get married, because she's going to run away at the altar. (laughs) So, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that whole interaction was so weird. It was so weird. Like, there's something else going on there that we're going to find out more about. Yeah, maybe. I'm certain of it. Like, it's super weird that Tag and Diane have a previous relationship. I think that they dated at some point. Oh, maybe. That's... I feel, yeah, I feel that they dated and they're, like, now friends. They're friendly. Uh, I see. Because, yeah, it's weird that, like, 
just because she, I can't remember how Tag said that they met, but it was something through work. Mm-hmm. Like she helped him through a situation or whatever. Right. And so then, so then, yeah, I could right. see how that then that led to them dating or maybe going on a couple of dates or something. Right. It not really working out working and out. then them being friends. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Because, mm-hmm. because it's, it's weird. weird that they're friends and that they're so close and they talk a lot so much that they're talking about Carol and she's heard a lot about Carol. Right. But then Carol doesn't know that Diane and Tag were friends. Yeah. And then that Tag doesn't know that Diane and Doug yeah, are dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. It's, it's like you'd... There's yeah, a lot it, of holes. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then this high-speed high collision comes in. This patient is a GCS of nine. GCS is a Glasgow Coma Scale. It's basically what we use to measure how conscious someone is. So it's eye-opening. It's verbal communication. And what's the last one? Command. Command. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. follow commands and if you're alert and oriented. Yeah, I think those yeah. are the three. It's a skill and it adds up to 15, basically. So if you have a GCS of 15, you're like Melissa and Plus. I talking, alert, <laughs> like we're around, we're here. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a GCS of 15. Exactly. You're a GCS of 15. <laughs> yeah. um, but when we have this rule mm-hmm. that if your GCS is less than eight, you intimate. So this guy is a GCS of nine, meaning that his GCS is sort of borderline. He's, he is in a dangerous place at the moment. So uh, they find a suicide note on this guy um, indicating that he may have caused this collision on purpose. <clears throat> Then Wild Willie comes in and takes over Mark's case and they have a little bit of an argument and I just, I would like to have a doc weigh in on a situation like this because I just feel that it wouldn't happen. It is so unprofessional Yes. to just tell somebody that, because I didn't think that Mark was doing anything wrong. Yeah. I, there's sometimes more than one way to approach a situation and I didn't feel as if in this case he did anything incorrectly right right I totally agree I thought it was really rude and yeah it's not it's, appropriate I'm, no no one would say like get out of the way I'm doing this like no the first doc that arrives to the code takes the code and then you might have a secondary doc that helps but right. that first doc that's there will end up just chatting with the other doc and then they decide on things sort of together but the lead is the one who makes the decisions ultimately totally I so, did think for a brief second that, like, so Dr. Green is still a resident, technically. So, yes, I thought that, too. But he's a senior he's resident. He's a senior resident. So he should be able to run it himself. Yeah. And without any interruption. And a good unless teacher. Unless he's, like, completely screwing up. Like, yeah. unless there's something really bad happening. Yeah. Then maybe. But even then, it would be more of a discussion about, okay, no, yeah. I think maybe we should be taking this course. Yeah. Um, not a barging in, taking over and mm-hmm. changing the course of treatment completely. Like, yeah. And a good teacher might question the plan that, that Mark has. But then once Mark gives his rationale, this is the way that I'm going, I'm, I feel like most doctors would say, like, great, good. Totally. Like, happy with that. Totally. Unless you're right, unless they're going down a completely terrible route that's not going to save anybody but right and then even that would happen that situation you think that they would be saying like um okay i I see where you're going with that but maybe we should try this first right right because Mm. i think you're missing this right Right. and then like there's that discussion and they would do it do it whatever way yes ends up working out to be the best but 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just kind of, it is very rude. I was like, at that moment, because up until that part of the episode, I was kind of being like, you know what, Dr. Green is being such a butt. Like, yeah. he's just, <laughs> you know, he's moody. He's not trying to make this relationship better um, with this new chief or chairman, I think he calls himself later. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, and so I was kind of annoyed with Mark. And then that happened, and I was like, oh, I'm on Mark's side again. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. like this wild willy. <laughs> I know, I don't like him. He's just so not my favorite. Yeah. Mark ends up leaving that trauma. He just leaves the room, and he's like, screw this. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, he just totally kiboshed this entire situation, and I'm out. Mm-hmm. So Doug later talks to Mark, and he says, you know, you've been working this for, like, you've been working towards this for seven years. And also sacrificed his marriage for it. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I think he's kind of implying that Mark just kiss ass and do what he's told. Um, yeah. 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 I think that's what he's kind of saying. Yeah, I don't know. Doug is kind of like, you're... Don't give up just yet. Right. Yeah. Like, you need to kind of just take this and... Yeah. And, like, get through it so mm-hmm. that you can be attending. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, I guess is... Not bad advice. I don't know. I don't know what advice is the best for Dr. Green right now. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, Not sure either. Later, the ex-girlfriend of this patient comes in and implies that it was an attempt to get attention. um, That he didn't actually intend to commit suicide. Um, And I just have to say, I, I, I really don't like this narrative that's played out in shows that attempting suicide is like this attention seeking behavior because like and it does happen but we take suicide attempts extremely seriously even if it is a quote-unquote call for help um, or attention seeking behavior because the reason why someone is doing that is often very serious and I just didn't, I don't like that shows do this where they have, um, you know, cases like this that portray suicide to be attention seeking. Right. Because it contributes to a really negative stereotype of people who struggle with mental illness. And I I was like, I don't like that they're going down this road. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially in this kind of a situation. Like, he, it was a pretty significant attempt yeah like, right this guy drove his car like off the road i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's what happened i don't mm-hmm. know exactly yeah and he's now intubated like mm-hmm. it that's a pretty significant suicide attempt mm-hmm. um even if for whatever reason you want to like identify it as attention seeking in the end there's a lot of like mental health concerns behind that that's a pretty significant attempt i don't think i would ever be thinking that in no, this kind of a situation no. yeah and we've so. had cases like that before where people have attempted suicide after a breakup and completed yeah suicide totally and so it's like and to like you know label that as attention seeking uh think it's in poor taste yeah i do too i totally agree Mm. yeah doug and diane have a little cute interaction um sounds like he's still sneaking out in the morning to avoid her son even though he knows that he's sleeping over yeah and i feel like diane should just know like that jake is on board yeah i don't really know why they're hiding it 
Um, and then they make out in the hallway, which is just so cringe. Like, you're making out in your workplace, in the hospital. Ah! Yeah. No. No, thank you. Don't do that. Could you imagine? Not a clean place. <laughs> Could you imagine running into your manager? Like, making oh, out in the hallway? Oh, that's a very good point that I never thought about. But yeah. No, oh, thanks. No, 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 no. No, thanks. Even another coworker. Yeah. I'd be so embarrassed. So embarrassed. Just out in the hallway in the hospital. No. No, thank you. Hard pass. So head of cardiac surgery comes down. He's got a lack on his hand from cutting a bagel. And we find out that this cardiac surgeon knows Dr. Carter because Dr. Carter and his son went to school together. Is he a cardiac surgeon or is he just a rich guy that paid for the cardiac wing in the hospital? Oh, I thought he was a doctor, and that's why the hand cut was, like, a big deal, because he needed his hands. I think it was just a big deal because he's a rich dude. Um, oh. I could be wrong. I think he paid for the cardiac wing Oh, okay. okay in the okay, hospital, okay. but let me just double check that. Carter, got another one for you. Irrigate and stitch. If I'm not mistaken, it's Mr. Howard Davis. The Davis cardiac wing that's built on this hospital. I know you. John Carter, I went to school with your son. Johnny Carter, how are you? Fine, thank you. Mr. Davis, William Swift. I'm chairman of the emergency department. We met at the board of directors dinner. Uh, good to see you. Uh-huh. Bagel got away from me. Oh, they should come with instructions. Jerry, call Bissell, chief of hand surgery, and get plastics down here to take a peek at this. Let them know it's Mr. Davis. Right. Are you injured anywhere else? No. But I noticed this little bump in the corner of my eye. Jerry, Zimmerman from the Eye Institute. Right. In the meantime, Dr. Benton, a senior surgical resident, will clean and irrigate the wound. Uh, right this way. Listen, can Johnny come along? By all means. Hope it wasn't the hand he writes the checks with. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Mr. Davis who uh, paid for the cardiac wing. wing or something. So he's a super rich dude. And he's cut his hand... Uh, on a knife while he was um, cutting open a bagel and he re- he recognizes Dr. Carter because he and his son went to school together and he calls him Johnny Carter which I thought was so cute it was really uh, cute it was really sweet yeah. and then Dr. Swift classic classic Dr. Swift comes in and like talks to this guy and I'm just 10 out of 10 annoyed with stupid Willie inserting himself into every situation i get that he's the chief just 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 let us deal with this stop it like don't anyways don't you have chief things to do like don't you have other things that you could be doing so like we never saw dr morgan stern and we always seeing this yeah (laughs) so he's like get plastics Get this person to consult on this hand. And yeah, sure, plastics maybe should see it, depending on how. But but Benton says it's superficial. Right. So why are you getting plastics involved? Such right. a waste of time. And then he's like, oh, I've got a little spot here in my eye. And then Dr. Swift is like, oh, consult up, though. And yeah. get that, like, Yeah. But he just wants money from this guy, right? Yeah. So Benton and Carter are cleaning up this hand. Well, actually, Benton is, is cleaning up the hand. <laughs> and... They have this conversation and they're going back and forth and it turns out that his son, like, did, I'm assuming they were in med school, like, med school together. Yeah, I don't know if they were, like, in high school together or if mm. they were in med school 
together. Something like that. But I know that his son was no longer in med school if he was right. at the beginning. So yeah. if he was in med school, he's now, he dropped out and he's writing celebrity profiles at some, cele- like at some, some magazine, magazine gossip yeah. magazine. And then we learn that Carter used to ride horses. Yeah. Slash ponies. He used to do torsage. Yeah. Yeah. Torsage. <laughs> Which just the image of <laughs> Carter doing torsage. I can see so it. So funny. It's I can totally really see it. But yeah, it's so uh, funny. And he's obviously visibly embarrassed because he's like, and then he's like, what was that horse's name? It was so beautiful. And he was like, it was a pony. And his, his name was Marigold. He's an Icelandic pony. An Icelandic pony. <laughs> it, I mean, it must have been beautiful. And it was just like this further contributes to the idea that Carter is just this filthy rich kid that (laughs) comes from a super wealthy family who rides horses. Like, honestly, the only people I know that ride horses are from super wealthy families. Yeah, I mean, like, Equestrian. Right, I know some people who, like, jump horses. I don't know what the technical term is. But I don't know anyone who does torsage. Yeah, I I think most people avoid it. Carol continues to delay her vow writing and Tag is getting increasingly annoyed with her because he's like, do you want this or do you not want this? And he's like, we have to show them to the priest on Saturday. He's frustrated. It's just very clear that Carol is having some hesitancy about this whole thing. Either that or maybe she's just not a vow person. Maybe she just doesn't like the idea of being like the center of attention and bearing her heart out to a bunch of people who some she knows some she doesn't know yeah there is zero chance I would write my own vows so like I totally understand where she's coming from I would be putting that off too yeah if that was something that I had to do there's zero chance I would want to do that right Uh, yeah and she talks about how tired she is that she's getting only four hours of sleep a night and this again to me I was kind of like yeah you know what lots of brides are stressed but like four hours of sleep and like, I mean, what are you doing in that time? She's thinking. Yeah, like I think you're right in saying yeah. that she doesn't want to get married, and that's why she's having sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. Not oh, I have to get all the centerpieces made. Yeah. You know, like, I don't <laughs> yeah. think that's happening. <laughs> oh, oh, and then we find out that Lydia was married. <gasps> she's yes. a divorcee. To Earl? Is yeah. that his name? Yeah, Earl. I, he left her. Of, yeah, I was like, ooh, more information. That's a little tidbit. I can't remember what we said in our predictions about, or what I said in my predictions about Lydia. I'll try to insert them here because I think I've got them... Saved somewhere? Yeah. Okay, I'll try to insert them here if I've got them. All right. Hey, everybody. So I was able to pull the audio of Julie making a detailed prediction on Lydia's past and future. This was recorded in one of our first episodes, and it never actually made it into the episode because our beginning episodes were extremely long and a lot of stuff had to get cut. So I'm really excited to be able to share this with you guys in this episode. Hope you enjoy. How about, what, what do you think about Lydia? What's Lydia's future look like in your crystal ball? Oh, man. So, but they haven't really given her many lines. That's true. Aside from waking people I up. I just really am curious about her backstory. Yeah, she wakes a lot of people up. Yeah. I'm wondering, do you think she's married already? I Or do you think she's think... single? What's oh, your, I, don't, I think my gut instinct pictured her as single. Okay, okay. I like and it. And dedicated yeah. to her job. Okay. Dedicated to the work. 
picks up yeah. when she can, helps out her colleagues. Solid friend group of nurses. Yeah. Yeah. I That's like what it. I'm picturing. Okay. All right. Um, I think she's really hard on the outside. I think she has a really compassionate heart for people. That's my guess. Okay. She's really good at like telling doctors where to put it when they cross her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's what I All think. All right. We'll her. find out what, what Lydia's current situation is and what her future is. Um, I feel like you're telling me that, meaning that we de- we get to learn more about Lydia. Perhaps we do. <laughs> oh my we maybe God. get to know a little bit more about the nurses in general. We don't know a ton about the nurses in general. We don't. Right? We know a little yeah. bit about Carol, but that's Only in really relation it. to Dr. Ross. Right. Right. So, but. yeah, I'm excited for some nurses' storylines to develop over me the too. coming seasons. That'll be interesting. Um, We'll see if it adds, if I'm right. Yeah. I'm right. Okay. <laughs> um, so then Dr. Swift, this is where Dr. Swift um, calls out Mark for his attitude, that he's coming in late, he believes Mark's head isn't in the game, and that he, but obviously Dr. Swift doesn't know that Mark is going through a divorce. So Mark takes the feedback well, and he's like, yeah, maybe I need to change some things. So this is good. Maybe he'll start to turn around a little bit. Doug is coaching Jake's little league game. He's super cute. He's very encouraging. Mm-hmm. He's a big hype man for Jake. Jake kind of has a rough start, but then eventually gets a home run. But then something happens. Did he touch the bat? Like, I didn't really understand this part. So he didn't touch first base when he ran past it. He missed it by like a good couple of feet. Uh, so you have to like t- touch with your foot every base, right? right to make I thought the he full slid into it. So no, he slid into home. Uh huh. But first base, he didn't touch uh, first base. So the kid that was on the other team at first base was screaming the whole time he was running around, like he didn't touch first base. He didn't touch first base. And Doug was the first base coach, like he was the one standing right there. Mm. So that's why the ref at the ref or umpire, I guess, at the end asked Doug if he, if he touched Jake, it. is that the kid's if name? If Jake touched Yeah, it. if Jake touched first base. And, okay. he, and then Doug said, yeah, of course he touched first base, but he didn't. He like, didn't. Wasn't okay, even okay. close to it. Right. I don't know, like, how much of a huge deal that is. Like, right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know baseball that well, but, like, I do think that there is a rule about, like, a bit of a grace right space like if you don't run towards first at all then yeah there's a problem but like yeah i uh, i think if you're in that general vicinity it's usually count i don't know i don't know what the exact rule is okay you might have to try to ask a baseball expert yeah <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i mean i like this kid he's keeping doug honest because he's kind of like why did you lie and doug is like well my dad would have done the same thing we're learning more about doug and yeah. i think he a lot of his toxic ways are coming to the surface. Agreed. And this kid is saying like not cool. Yeah, which is not really cool, odd man. for a kid that age. You know, I you know. think he would just be like, yeah, I did touch first base. Yeah. Like rewrite history in your own head, right? Uh-huh, because uh-huh. you're just so excited that you got a home run. Yes. So yeah, totally. like a, what a good kid. Yes. So he kind of well, hopefully Doug stops lying. Hope about these things. Um. 
then back to the hospital, this little kid comes in with like this coat hanger stuck in his mouth and it's in a really uh, precarious position that could impact a major his artery and his airway as well. Um, and Marka and Swift end up working together and they work really well and it's seamless and they end up stabilizing the patient, goes up to surgery. And this is when it made me think, okay, maybe Mark still has a shot because Swift was really, like he seemed to be satisfied with that whole thing and wasn't like on Mark's case about it. Right. They worked as a good. team for the first time. Yes. Yeah, um, I agree. And then there's this little part that happened where Carter is writing his recommendation that Benton is supposed to write and Susan comes in and she's like what you doing and Carter says that he's writing this recommendation and she's like oh read it to me and like I can help you out and they just have a really sweet friendship this has to be my favorite scene of the whole episode I know me too I I loved it really loved it yeah and like I don't know if it means like anything romantic I think honestly it was just a friend thing I think so too um but it was so cute and like I loved the way that Noah Wiley acted it like um because He's writing his own recommendation. It's super awkward to begin yeah, with. Yeah. And then Susan comes in and is like, let me read, read it. it. And he's yeah. like, no, 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 please don't. And then she starts reading it and he like yeah. covers his ears and he's like, <laughs> I okay. can't listen. And it was so cute. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you need to write some nicer things about yourself. Like, it sounds like you're, what did she compare I it to? I can't remember what she compared yeah. it to, but yeah, it was, she's like, it was just really like vague and like general platitudes yeah like you're punctual and yeah (laughs) Yeah. come on exactly um yeah and then we see Jeannie and we learn that she is doing her program for becoming a physician's assistant yeah which I did not know did you know this was it mentioned already I think it was mentioned I don't know actually that's a good question I don't think it was I think because she was a physio before Anyways, yeah. so and then we thought she was maybe going for nursing, yeah. right? Because at one point I thought she was going to be a nurse, but yeah. she's actually going to be a physician assistant. Yeah. So she's going right. to be a, a PA. Yeah, sure. So she has to write this paper, and she asks for Peter's help, and he's very eager and happy to do it, which is a stark contrast to, <laughs> to how, how much he's really to help Carter. <laughs> <I don't laughs> <know>. <laughs> so we sort of... And, and so... Anyways, we see this flirtation between them, and he's like, are you going to go, like, I'm going to go see my mom, are you going to be there? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to see your mom, too. And then they are, they decide they're going to meet each other there. And we see a little bit in this episode that, um, I don't know, this is one thing that came to my mind when they were talking about how wealthy Carter's family is, mm-hmm. and that's that, you know this idea that is very true that Carter is sort of, he gets these opportunities very easily and he's this wealthy white male. And it almost made me think with the recommendation letter that he was like, you don't need any more help than what you already have. Mm. But I think what you're saying is probably more true that he just really likes Carter, but then he kind of feels, it sounded like he was a little bit butthurt about the fact that Carter probably has no debt. And right. everyone else around them has student debt. Well, and like but, Benton has struggled to get where right. he is, and Carter hasn't had to do that. So then, yeah, yeah. maybe it's a little bit of this like tough love, like you're gonna struggle a bit because yeah. you never struggle. Yeah. So I'm gonna make you work for it. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 I think it could be a combo. Might be a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, then Carter kind of approaches Benton and is like, "What's the deal, man? Like, why do you not want to write me this letter? Why do you hate me?" 
And Benton's like, why do you want it? Right. And he's like, I actually, and he says that he actually wants the surgical internship and not the eMERGE one. And he describes the surgical internship being more difficult. It's harder. You have to know more. It's like one of the most difficult specialties. specialties to be in. And it's a lot of responsibility kind of thing. So it sounds like he's now going to go into surgery. It does. At the end of that conversation. It totally does. Yeah. Because Dr. Benton's like, well, you should do surgery then. If you want to, if you really want to be in surgery, you should do surgery. Right. And, and then he like rips up his Yeah, he rips up his recommendation letter in a very dramatic way. Yeah. And they end up, he, so it sounds like now he's not going to be emerged. He's going to be surgery. Surgery. Yeah. Um, which maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's why Benton was like, you're really talented. You should do surgery. Why are you choosing Emerge? Right. Who knows? Right. And I just don't yeah. think it's a great choice for Carter. I think he would be better as an Emerge physician than you as do? a surgeon. Yeah. But he wants surgery. I know. And I don't really know why that is. Well, because like, I think he's so good with patients. And in surgery, they're intubated and you're not interacting with them. Yeah. Like, that's the I thing. Agree. Is that, like, I think he would do better in uh, Emerge because... He has more personable skills. Yeah. He likes caring about his patients. Yeah. He likes talking to them, which yeah. like in surgery, you're almost trained not to do those things, right? Because you need to be like this surgeon who like, yeah. you know, plays God a little bit. Yeah. And so you need to be a little bit more detached. Mm-hmm. And so, which, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Carter isn't. No. Yeah. He's so it just, it surprises me. I thought he was going to end up in a merge, so. Yeah. I mean, he might still. Maybe. Who knows? So then Doug comes in with Jake after the baseball game and he and Diane have a really cute interaction again and they say the L word to each other. Oh no, it doesn't seem like the first time they've said that too. No? No, because they say it kind of offhand. Maybe you're right. I thought it sounded like it might be the first time. (gasps) Well, because he kind of looked at her and was like, oh, and then he's like, I love you too. Oh, so maybe it was the first time. It might have been. That's interesting that it was we read cute. those differently. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then Benton goes to visit his mom and he sits down. His brother-in-law is there and he's like looking around. He's And his brother-in-law knows exactly who he's looking for. And he's like, she's gone. Like she <laughs> just left. <laughs> and he makes fun of Benton for putting on this very white voice <laughs> whenever Jeannie's around. And he's like, dude, you need to watch out. She's married. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, I see the way you look at each other. This isn't good. Right. You right. need to rein it in. But I do but love he makes the fun teasing. Of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. I love the teasing. It's, it's so, so funny. cute. Maybe we can yeah. insert the clip here too. That's why when she comes around, you start talking like Barry White. Hey, baby, what's up? And that look she gives you, you know what you're doing, man. Darling, I, mm, can't get enough your love, baby. Oh, I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why. Can't get enough your love, baby. <laughs> so then... We come to the end of the episode where Susan comes home and Chloe is smoking. Susan can smell it. Chloe discloses that she didn't actually go to the appointment because she had to wait too long. And then Susan's like, you know what? Enough. You need to leave. I'm not supporting you. 
you're an adult, you can find a place to live, enough's enough. It's over. Totally. Like, I've had enough. Yeah. So, we don't know what's happening, but it ends basically with this argument that they have. So, my guess is Chloe's going to have to go to a shelter, which maybe she has to do. But she's just always going to be a victim. She's never going to figure out her life because she always, she plays the victim card and she is just like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, well, get a job, Chloe. Yeah. Like, she's owed something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, like, the world owes her whatever it is she thinks. Yeah. Um, she needs and yeah I'm really proud of Susan in this moment that she's just like enough's enough you can't even do the basic things that I'm asking you to do which is go to your appointment to care for your child yeah like that is all I wanted you to do today Mm -hmm. she didn't want her to cook dinner she didn't want her to do anything else just go to the freaking appointment whether it takes you two hours or ten yeah go to the freaking appointment and she couldn't even do that couldn't even do it I, I would be done. To, I would have been Me done too. a long time ago. So Me, I'm yeah. really glad that Susan is like setting boundaries, saying yeah. no. Enough. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then the very last scene, sorry, I guess it's not the last scene. It's one of the last scenes. Um, a girl named Melanie Graff, who is in radiology, introduces herself to Carter and yes. asks him on a date. Yes. And he's like, can't even speak English because he's so taken with her. <laughs> yeah. And it's all from that Victor guy's book. From that cab driver's book. Was it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. She, she says, I saw you in the, in oh the my book. God, yeah. So <laughs> it comes full circle. Oh, that's um, so funny. Yeah. I really liked that, that she, that it worked out from this book. It was a great, great little like yeah. tie. Um, Maybe this is going to be a little thing now. Yeah. Because she did the x-rays on that cab driver guy. Yes. Victor? I think his name was Victor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so yeah. And then she came down to get the x-rays back. But really, she was she wanted to ask him. there to ask about. Aww, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So cute. Very so, cute. I hope that that works out. Yes. And then uh, the very last scene is Mark coming home to Jen. And she's in bed. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go to the couch and read. And she's like, Demi. You should stay. You should stay. <laughs> and yeah. they get a little frisky with the door open. Yeah, like and you have a child. Rachel is home. Anyways, they get interrupted, and Rachel wants to have Mark cure her stomach, her, her stomach, her tummy ache, which <laughs> is very sweet. And uh, then they have a nice little family moment. Yeah, very like cute. Sleeping in bed together. It's yeah, nice. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So who knows about their relationship? What's gonna yeah. End up happening. There was a lot in this episode of relationship building things. Yes, there was. That I am here for. You know what? You totally brought me around on this episode, though. Yeah? Because I was, like, kind of lukewarm towards it at the beginning. <gasps> and there were a lot of great things. Like, Victor and his uh, Tinder cab driver yeah. book. <laughs> like, uh, learning more about Carter. Yeah. And his torsage. There was a lot of funny moments that I just, I guess I didn't really like give it a good or didn't just didn't realize how much I actually did enjoy it. So yeah. So yeah. I felt as if there was a lot more, I, I felt more love in this episode. Not necessarily yeah. just between, you know, people in their relationships that are building, but like even between Benton and Carter, where right. I was like, oh, I see a bit more of their, yeah, their like relationship bonding. building. Yeah. 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 I like it. That's yeah. Awesome. That was All really right. good. Great episode. Yes. Hope we you will... guys enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, as always. Yes. 
And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and give us a little review. Yeah. Follow us on the socials. We would love to chat with anyone that wants to have a little discussion about certain episodes, as we have been having on Twitter with one of our... I've been uh, chatting with this uh, woman, um, and she has lots of interesting things to say about the show. So yeah. About the podcast? Would yeah, be happy it. to do that with any of you. Yeah, please. And then we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the episode, guys. This episode is created, edited, and produced by your hosts, Melissa and Julie. Music by Chris Yemes. Photography by Ainsley Cardoso-Wagner. And photo editing by none other than your hosts, Melissa and Julie. You can find us on Instagram at erdebriefpodcast or now on Twitter at erdebriefed. We post updates with new content on there as much as we can. You can also email us at erdebriefed at gmail.com with comments, questions, suggestions, and more. We try to respond as quickly as possible, and we always appreciate hearing your feedback. Thanks again.